Hi everyone, I'm Susanna Friedman. Welcome to another Yogi Misfit session. Today I'm taking over the show and I am going to interview Danny. Danny is a yoga teacher in the Bay Area and he is known for classes that um, are filled with great alignment and lots of humor. Hi, Danny. Hi. This is really weird. <laughs> I know. Are you excited to be interviewed on your own show? Yeah, I mean, I guess. It's long overdue. Yeah, well, people want to know your answers to the questions that you ask other people, you know? Uh-oh. <laughs> this is going to get intense. <laughs> that or I'm going to keep one-worded answers. <laughs> yeah, that will be a really interesting podcast for everybody. Yeah, for everyone. Yeah. Um, so first of all, Danny, um, yes, Susanna, how much, how much do you love me? (laughs) Question number one. (laughs) So much, Susanna. Like, I just, I don't even know where to start. Words can truly not put in or yeah, you know what I'm trying to say, but I can't make words go together to tell you how much I adore you. That's intense. Okay. But for real. Um, Danny, let's start like how I feel like I showed you my love yesterday, Susanna, when I threw my yoga mat almost on top of yours to show you how close I wanted to be next to you. That's true. It was really great doing down dog on top of your hand. (laughs) Um, okay. Let's start how, uh, you always start. Why yoga? Oh man. You know, like the, the, the answer that everyone says on the show is why not? And I kind of feel the same, but uh, for me, why yoga? Yoga saved my life. That's, that's, that's really like the, the long and the short of it. But yoga for me is, you know, in my, in my story and in, in my, the complexity of my story, like yoga was the one thing that, that I had that was consistent that gave me a place to call home that, um, you know, that I could show up the way I was and, it didn't really matter what uh, what I looked like or what you know what my background story was or, or any of that stuff. But yoga was just a place to call home, and so I I really made it home. It was you know it was it was the thing that held me when I needed to be held the most, and it was the thing that that uh, was compassionate towards me when I didn't know what compassion was. And you know it, it's funny because I say words like this now, and I'd like back in the day I would be like, what the f is this bozo talking about? But you know. <laughs> Yeah, Um, it's true. I really do. um, I really do feel like that. Like yoga really why yoga? Because it saved my life and it saves it's I've seen it save lives. Like, I I mean, this practice is it's so funny because a lot of us get into it very physically and and little do they know it's just having so much more of an effect than just the physical. Yeah, totally. Well, so much for one word answers. Um, But going going off of um, what you were saying at the end there. what inspires you as a teacher to do what you do? My answer to that question is always the same. And it's really, you know, the, the fame. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. All that fame as a yoga teacher. Right. I, uh, you know, I strive really hard to be really good at yoga and so mm-hmm. you're really good. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't, you know, if, if anyone's, you know, listening to the show, I don't know why they would listen to this episode, but if they are, um, there's just, <laughs> there's this underground secret society of like really good, <laughs> really good yogi. He can't even make it through that sentence because it's not true. And he's being sarcastic. 
really, I know that you're very inspired by your students. You've talked yeah. to me a lot about that. And I was wondering yeah. if you could say something about that because I think it's um, really evident in your classes. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's it was really weird for me at first to tell my students that I love them. And I remember I had this epiphany at a concert actually not too long ago where uh, this band that I went to go see play was playing and they did such a great job. And it was like I was dancing and I had a really good time. And I was just like, I remember being in the crowd being like, man, I really love them. They're just so great. And they put me in a good mood. And, you know, and at one point, one of the singers was like, you know, I see you and I see all of you and I'm so glad you're here. And, you know, it's like, just, so you know, we love you. And it kind of was like. I don't know. It just not that I'm like a, a you know like a, a rock star or like whatever, but you know when I see my students, I really do see them all. And you know, in the same in the same in the same regards to like the concert show, like these people make music because they're passionate about it, because they want to share it with the world. And you know, part of that driving factor is knowing that people are, are listening to it and you know um, and and digging it. And it's the same thing with teaching. Like you know, if it wasn't for my students, I would I I would have nothing to show up to. If it wasn't for my students, I would have no bodies to teach to. If it wasn't for my students, I wouldn't be able to find inspiration. If it wasn't for my students, um, you know, there wouldn't there wouldn't be a place for me to call home. And and you know, I really do. I love my students. I really do. Like each and every one of them, whether they're new or whether they've been with me for you know a few years or whatever. But I just truly care. Like there's something that happens to me when I start teaching, like the moment I start, you know, grounding the class down or getting everyone's attention, it's just nothing else matters in the entire world for, you know, that 90 minutes. And then after that, right. it's, it's questionable whether I care. No. <laughs> no, no, but I know what you mean. I mean, I feel similarly that as soon as I'm, I think it's about being present, right? Like what we learn with following the breath, like we get more present as we start leading class. Right. Um, and then that allows us to really be present with the people who are there uh, to um, just learn how to be comfortable in themselves or to just know themselves better. Right. And, you know, the, the other thing is is just being able to connect with other people that are just there, you know, like being able to connect with other yeah. like-minded people is really awesome. And it's very... Yeah. You know, outside of all, all jokes aside or whatever, it's super humbling. I think, you know, my students have taught me so much about myself, but mainly, you know, one of the biggest takeaways that I've that I've really started to hone in on teaching is like how really my purpose in teaching is 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 really like my purpose in life. And it's to be of service to others. And I really do mean that wholeheartedly. Like I there's there's a dark side to service as well you know like you have to keep all the your 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 boundaries and stuff in check but you know like just right. to be we don't really you know the, the whole like rockstar thing that i was saying earlier it's not about putting your for me anyway it's not about me putting myself above my students but it's actually getting underneath them and lifting them up and i think that that's how we actually come up together is by by supporting um supporting them and and you know it's when i know i've done a good job is like you know, when my students are, are just like in it and when they're, when they're feeling it, when they feel good, I feel good, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, also, you know, it's kind of this weird thing as teachers where we're waiting for the day where our students feel comfortable enough to leave <laughs> in a certain way, you know, Yeah. in terms of getting below them and then lifting them up. But, um, I was wondering if you could talk about, um, and you know, you don't have to get too personal if, if you don't want to, but I was wondering if you could talk about, um, why 
service is such a big deal for you. Um, you do a lot with um, raising money for different nonprofits, um, and you know all the proceeds from your shirts um, go to charity. And so I was wondering if you could talk about what inspired that. Um, you know, I think my, I, I remember one of the first times like, like being in service. So my mom, my story's out there, so there's no secrets really. I, I don't care what I say to anybody anymore. It's just, it's just there and, and it's kind of really actually liberating. But yeah, you know, I remember, you know, my mom was, was a crazy, uh, drunk and, and druggy. Yeah. She had some really cool moments. She was really awesome as, as well as <laughs> really crazy. Yeah. Um, but I remember this one time distinctly as a kid, you know, and, and we grew up, uh, you know, when we were living with my mom, when my mom wasn't in jail um, or in prison, rather, um, we we would we would shop at like swap meets and, you know, uh, garage sales. And that's where we got our clothes. We lived on welfare and stuff growing up. Yeah. And so my mom was a professional con, con artist. Like she actually stole people's identities and, you know, had all these wow. fake credit cards. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really in, in, interesting story. Like it was, yeah, I had to remember her. So different... that's where you get it from. Yeah, totally. Just, just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, in her, in her fits of, of crazy and stealing people's identities, you know, she would not only care for us, but also for others. So this, the point of the story was this one time it was Thanksgiving and she like bought this like meal that was like ready for us and it was like two turkeys and like stuff that we would never like be able to get and she bought a bunch of toys and you know she like she went on a, a credit card shopping spree she like stole an identity did a really good job at it and was like okay i gotta rack this up before i get caught yeah and I, I remember i remember so clearly we finished dinner and my mom was like here get in the kitchen and help me and i was like what are we doing we started making sandwiches like these turkey sandwiches and we got in our car and we drove to, so we lived in East LA, so really ghetto. And we drove yeah. into even the further, further ghetto. And I remember my mom driving around. We had like 50 sandwiches. We had a whole extra turkey that we made like sandwiches out of. And I remember we wrapped these in tinfoil. And I remember my mom driving around and we would stop or we would see homeless people. And she told me, I remember she was like, get out of the car and go give them a sandwich. And I did. And I will never, ever, ever forget like the, 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 that time. Like I remember, I remember so clearly riding around in the car with my mom, giving people sandwiches and my mom honking at people being like, come get a sandwich, like get over here. Like, you know, she was just so like bright and bubbly. And, and I think it was like, it was probably that moment where, you know, like it was really ingrained in me. And then, you know, fast forward, you know, a few years, you know, down the line, I, you know, my early twenties, I was uh, diagnosed with with cancer and then HIV and, you know, I had a partner who had committed suicide. Um, and then later on in life, I had a partner who had passed away from AIDS and, you know, it, it was, well, the way I grew up, I didn't really have an opportunity to talk a lot about my feelings and my emotions and whatnot. I, I, I started living on my own really young. And so I didn't really have that emotional luxury. Um, and the way that I made sense of everything was to give back. So I started really young at, you know, just like helping other people out. You know, I, I even when I was, uh, you know, before I was diagnosed with everything, like, you know, I was 17 and 18. And I was, I remember one time I, I had moved a friend into my studio apartment because he didn't have a place to live. And, you know, it was like, I, I, I had enough. So why not share, you know? And, right. And then when I was going through the more traumatic things in life, 
the only way that I can make sense of those things was to, you know, not necessarily deal with it emotionally right away, but like give back to feel I couldn't do anything for for myself in that, but I could do mm -hmm. something for others. And so have you sorry to cut you off, but that just is intriguing to me. Have you um, through the process, through the practice and, um, you know, just, I guess, a little bit of age and experience? Mm -hmm. Have you learned how to give back to yourself? Oh, no, I just completely avoid all my emotions, period. Yeah, cool. <laughs> no, yeah, I did later on in life. I, uh, I, you know, I, I, with the help of therapy and, and with yoga, um, I was able to make a lot of sense of that, but it's still just like, you know, if anything, all that stuff pointed me into the right, to the right path and saying that like, yeah, I'm still supposed to be giving, like if, if anything, it just reaffirmed what I was doing. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, I happen to know you quite well. Um, and, uh, Long-time listeners of the podcast might know that I was Danny's first interview, and um, he is my work husband. Mm. Um, but um, I was just wondering, you know, you're such a go, 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 go person. Um, you're kind of always on, mm. and your mind is always running. And so it's been interesting um, for me as your friend, as your wife, sorry, to... Um, <laughs> to uh watch you learn how to slow down without feeling guilty about it um and I was wondering if you could speak to that a little bit um just because I think it's a problem that a lot of people have like if you rest feeling like you're not doing enough oh man I mean and you know me well enough to know that I, I really I really sometimes dislike talking about this but it needs yep. it needs to be said <laughs> Thanks. If, uh -huh. if there was video on this, you guys would see the biggest eye roll I have right now. <laughs> you know, for a long time, I had nothing but drugs and alcohol in my life. And that's really what fueled me. And what people fail to realize is that, you know, although that was really scary and whatnot, and, you know, I got into some really scary situations, but like drugs and alcohol saved my life. Like they kept me going because I had nothing else to go for. And so it, it's really what kept me alive. And so then I turned on to this yoga thing and this yoga thing felt really good for me. And, you know, like, like I do, I go all in and I really give it my all. And also I knew that you know, going into yoga, I wanted to get out of the nightlife scene. And so I had to work really hard. And then I have, and I have worked really hard. I've only been doing this for uh, about a year full time now. And so in that year, I have taken on a lot of projects and really have just wanted to be not the best in like, I want to teach the best yoga, but I want to be the best me I can be doing it. And Absolutely. And I also want to have a, like the, I had a really hard time with admitting that I wanted to have a big broad reach. You know, I, I had a really hard yeah. time. I, I did. I had a really because I, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand yeah. why I wanted to see so many people, why I wanted to touch so many people's lives, and da 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 da. And now I do, and I, and I realize, you know, that that's okay to say those big things. It's okay to say, yeah, I, you know, I, I totally want to write a book, and it's okay. Yeah, I do, I do want to travel around and teach yoga and meet new communities. And um, but to answer the question, is you know, I work really hard. I work, uh, you know, probably the hardest that I've ever had in my entire life. And I always have something, you know, going and another idea in yeah. the fire. And, you know, although sometimes I feel like I lost a lot of time, you know, with the drugs and alcohol. And so now I'm like in this new awesome life and I'm trying to not recover from time, but like just try to get all the things that, that I want to do done. Mm -hmm. But you get to a point where you, you do burn out. You know, you get to a point where you, you, you only physically can handle so much as a human being. Yeah. And, you know. 
I, I, I kind of got, I'd never, I haven't gotten to burnout. I, I haven't, you know, cause I really don't see that, um, side of me. Like I know how to, I just, I just don't do that. I, I keep going, but I have seen where physical, you know, physical work is taxing on my body and I, I keep pushing through. And so I think for that, it's, you know, it's like, okay, coming to terms that, you know what it comes back to? It comes back to my students. If I'm going to sit there and show up for my students, I need to be able to be my best self there. And that includes being healthy. And so if yeah. I can't, if I can't be there or if I keep showing up sick or if I keep showing up tired and groggy and I'm not into what I'm doing, that's going to have a direct impact on my community. And that's not the impact that I want to have. You know, yeah. I want to be there and I want to be my best self and I want to be able to, I want to be there and be there for them and not just, you know, trying to keep my stuff together while I'm, you know, although we all have those days and that's totally okay, but I'm super honest with my students too. When I'm like, oh, I didn't sleep well last night, you know, like let's work on something that actually, you know, can help aid that and da, 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 da. And, you know, I, I kind of, uh, I theme it together or whatnot. Um, yeah. but I think, you know, for me, I guess, you know, to, to not feel guilty about it or to, to create that time, the space is, is recognizing that one, I'm a human being having this experience as well. And two, that, you know, if I'm going to do this thing and be there for these people, I have to be able to be there for these people. I have to, I have to be able to be there. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really great way to reframe it. Cause I think it's, um, especially, you know, you have been teaching full time for just a year and, um, that first year or two of teaching full time can feel like so much pressure to say yes to everything. And, um, you know, just to, yeah, never get sick or never go out of town or all these things. Um, and it can feel really selfish uh, to take the time that you need. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, the reframe of that is that if you can't be healthy, you can't teach. Right. So right. Um, I just think that's such a helpful thing for people to hear, whether they're teaching yoga or not. Whether you're, like doing, with, whether you're doing anything, you know, I, like, right. it, it really, you, whether you're being a parent or whether you're being... And sometimes, you know, I, I recognize too that sometimes we don't have the luxury to have some time out for ourselves, but it doesn't have to look like a massage or it doesn't have to look like, you know, an hour hike. It could just be, you know, 10 minutes of like some meditation or, you know, making sure that you schedule your nap in or making sure that you're getting a good, you know, meal in or, you know, what, whatever you can that's, that's accessible to your lifestyle. Right. Exactly. Um, and then going away, I guess, from the more like uh, emotionally, philosophically personal. Um, what is your favorite pose and why? My favorite pose and why, God, what do I love to do? What feels really good in my body? And I know that that changes. Daily. Sure. Sure. I think right now my favorite pose has probably have to be you know, as as kind of you know cliche or whatever. Um, I I am just getting over my shoulder injury. Like I've just started practicing. Uh, you know, the last couple months, um, like being able to hold down dog and being able to 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 jump to the top of the mat. And you know, I st I can start for like a little bit, and then I, my shoulder starts to talk to me, and I listen to it. I back off. But I think being able to to play on my hands is like, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I got into yoga in addition to, you know, getting into yoga for, for just, I needed something. Um, but I really enjoyed the, um, the acrobat part of it, I guess, so to speak, or the, 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 uh, the more intense side. And so like the, uh, recently I've been teaching for, 
uh, uh, I've been teaching lower belly stuff and, and really lifting through lower core to get into handstand and, and I was able to get into handstand like a month and a half ago again. And that felt really, mm-hmm. really good. I was just like, man, yeah. I realized how much I love just flipping the, flipping the, uh, the scene around and, and playing on my hands. So handstand is probably my favorite right now. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's actually, it's, you know why it's fun? It's because I'm rediscovering handstand again. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the amazing things about coming back from an injury um, is that you, at least for me, I find that I get into poses with more ease because I'm paying more attention. Right. Um, So, like, there's no taking anything for granted because I know what will happen if I, you know, do a certain thing. I'll be, I won't be able to do that. I won't be able to practice. I saw you last night and you're also really good at yoga. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. But, you know, I just I also just got over a broken rib a little while ago. Oh, yeah. And so I, I like had to rediscover all these poses as well. So I know what you're talking about. And it's actually in a way like such an amazing gift um, because, you know, I, I mean, I was talking to my teacher yesterday about it. And I just said when I actually I kept trying to do a modified practice. And I'm sure you did this for a while, too. Uh, totally. Where. Yeah, where like I would be like, oh, well, if I just am on my hands and my knees and then I step into warrior two, but extend my arm like, um, you know, anything hurt. And so when I finally gave myself a chance to actually rest and just didn't move and concentrated more more on meditation and study and all that stuff, like I actually healed fairly quickly. Um, And then my body was like, thank you. Here are the poses again. Right. You know, right. Um. So it's that I think what you're speaking to also is the relationship um, you have with your body, um, the difference between you having kind of like a um, fighting relationship with your body or a symbiotic um, relationship with your body. Well, and the one thing that I've been teaching to a lot, I guess, to uh, well, you said not the philosophical part, but like our bodies are always going to change. You know, like we yeah. get, we get older, we get injured, things happen and, you know, yoga doesn't stop when you get an injury, you know, although some, right. it seems like it does and it feels like it does, but it really doesn't. And you need to really, the poses are only there to, to trick our minds a little bit, to shake our minds up because we, you know, we get overstimulated and, and life yeah. is crazy and, and shitty things happen. And so the poses do this. It's like life, you know, we get thrown these, these things that are really challenging to stabilize the mind, to stay in the breath, to stay in that. And it's, it's the same thing that happens in life. You got to be able to stay grounded and rooted in. That's what the practice teaches us. Absolutely. Um, and then do you have a least favorite pose right now? Um, I have been trying to break up with, um, scorpion for a little while now just because it's just not treating it's just not treating me good yeah normally i love most backbends but that backbend just 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 (laughs) destroys me you guys you guys aren't getting along right now you need to take a little break we're really not i feel like i feel like scorpion's just not listening to my wants and my needs yeah and it's like a one-sided story and you know well you know it's a two-sided street you're probably not listening to scorpion's wants and needs okay, as well wait a minute. Susanna whose team are you on um I'm on the team of yoga okay all right <laughs> <laughs> ha 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 um <laughs> oh man we're ridiculous ridiculous um well 
Danny, it's been really lovely talking with you. Will you tell everybody where they can find you and what you have coming up? Oh my God, I would love to. Um, all right, so you can find me at www.dannypomploon.com. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, Danny Pomploon. Um, and what do I? Have? Will you spell your Will you spell your last name for people? I'll put it in the notes, but it's P O M P L U N. Um, and what do I have coming up? I am, let's see, I've got a ton of workshops coming up this summer here in San Francisco. So I have a, the first one is a Happy Hips workshop that's going to be at Yoga Tree Castro. Um, and that one's going to be exploring the uh, the Grand Central Station uh, of hips, what is what I like to call. And we'll be pressing into an arm balance. We'll be working uh, Ekapada Galavasana or Flying Pigeon Pose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have another one on arm balances and inversions. Um, and then I have another one on... Um, What's the last one? Oh, like a little yogi deep dive. So it gets a little bit into the deeper uh, areas of the practice. Um, I've got a retreat in Costa Rica that mm, has a little <laughs> bit of a wait list. Um, actually, everything mm-hmm. I, everything I have coming up is is already um, sold. But that's about – I mean, I have, I have three workshops coming up in San Francisco. And then I'm traveling around. I'll be teaching in New York – um, at the end of the summer, um, I'll be teaching in the Midwest. Um, I'll be teaching down in LA and down in San Diego and yeah, I've got it. And then I'm teaching in yoga trees, teacher training, uh, this fall. So yeah, there's a lot going on. Danny has a lot in his calendar. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Danny always has a lot in his calendar. I know. I know. Um, we have to talk to that Danny. Well, <laughs> we got to talk to him. <laughs> um, Danny, thanks so much for uh, coming on to my show, um, <laughs> Yogi Misfit Sessions. Um, and thanks for just being so open and honest. And I think people will get a lot out of what you were saying. Thanks for coming up with the idea to have me on my show. Your yeah. Sh- your show? Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It's your been, show. It's, our show. Our, yeah. 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 What's what's mine Today's is yours. Yeah, exactly. That's how it works in the state of California. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you, Danny. Thanks, Susanna. Love you. Love you. Bye.